This is the Patriot Radio News Hour, brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group. For all your gold and silver buying needs, call them at 1-800-951-0592 or log on to allamericangold.com. Broadcast for Wednesday, June the 8th, 2016. Hey, good morning, it's Hump Day, and it's time for the Patriot Radio News Hour. Welcome, everybody. My name's Homer Lopez. Thank you for joining us on this Hump Day. You're halfway through the week. What do we do? The physical delivery of gold and silver, legal, lawful, constitutional tender, and it's as easy as giving us a call at 1-800-951-0592. The lovely Wendy is here today to take your phone calls, walk you through your order. Or you can go check us out online at allamericangold.com. Go ahead and check out the products. Feel free to buy it. Point and click. It's that simple. Go ahead and click on the podcast button. Listen to yesterday's show, last week's show. Take, you know, just take time to peruse the, the website, and then check out the news to disturb the comfortable. Where we don't tell you what to think, but we certainly give you something to think about. This show is brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group and its CEO and owner. He's a man who loves what he does. I will tell you there are people who hate their jobs. This guy has to love what he does because he's here at 5 a.m. checking out the market, reading the Wall Street Journal, reading the Financial Times, reading Goldilocks and the Three Bears, all to <laughs> summarize what is happening in the marketplace. Joe, it's hump day, man. How are you doing through the week? I, I just look at the pictures. Yeah, you know that what it is? You just look at pictures? I'll tell you what, I, I, I was being sincere when I say I know there are people who hate their jobs. I really think, feel, I will I say I think this. you love your job. I absolutely do, There's without a doubt. I, I feel most of the time like I'm uh, the luckiest guy in the world, and then some of the times I feel the exact opposite, but most of the time. But, yes, I do. I, I enjoy what I do, and I'm fortunate enough that, uh, well, let's face it, I just married the right person. She may not feel that That's way. where, <laughs> when I feel like you're the luckiest guy, whenever Sarah walks in the room and I go, really? Really? She's with really? him? Wow. Man, somebody needs to get her some spectacles. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, you know, Joe, 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 and I were talking yesterday, and I, you know, one of the things that we talk about often is our our college students, uh, the population that is the 18 to you know 35, and where are they now? And yesterday, I shared a story with Joe about two young men that I've known since they were in like fourth or fifth grade. I just want to tell you, folks, it's not easy. For these young people, we're talking about two guys that I, I, I just was sharing a story about a couple young men that we both the, know. They they were in the military. Uh, they served our country in Afghanistan, uh, Afghanistan, Iraq. I mean, these guys are great guys. They come back, go to get a college education, and I'm here to tell you, they're not certain what to do. They're not certain how to maintain a job. You know why? Because there's always a ball game on. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'm telling you, it's rough paying rent. Right. If rough paying a car payment, if rough, rough paying, you know, your insurance, it's rough having to pay for health insurance as well, car insurance as well. How do you put it all together when you're a young man and you have no training at doing this? You're good with a rifle, you're good with a cannon, but you're not good with your finances, man. Guess what I got to do? I got to move in with my mom and dad. And I was what, shocked. That's what we're seeing, you know? People having to move in with their siblings, siblings. Uh, people having to move in with their mom and dad. People just struggling through life. And they, on the exterior, I'm telling you, you'd have no. I had no idea. Have, well, you know what? To me, on the exterior, average Joe Schmuckatelli American 
looks good on the outside, but we just don't know what their balance sheet looks like. Because I'm here to tell you, the way you talk about credit card debt and the volume of people. Credit card debt, student debt, you know, it, it, debt, it's like that that uh, that Tootsie Pop, the, the, hard, the hard outside, but when you get into the inside, it's a gooey mess. It's a gooey mess. You know, I saw this last night on my way home. I decided to pull into the grocery store, and I saw a family with their list and their their circular that says you can buy this and I saw a man go five seventy five a pound for not tenderloin and not, you know, a fillet here. He's just goes for Chuck and he's having a, a conniption with his wife. It was hilarious. Right. People That's are mad about everything. I go crazy because I don't shop that often and so I'm in I'm in Denial of of how things have really gotten out of control, but I'll say something. This so Homer had the the you know it's Wednesday, so the circulars are out in the paper, and so he was commenting that corn was on sale. Yeah, and, and I said, six ears for a buck. And I said, you know, funny thing is, I used to work on a farm in in Syracuse. If you've ever, if you don't know, I was born and raised in Syracuse, New York, upstate, uh, which is really if you. Don't know, you know, when people here in New York, you think New York City, uh, the vast majority of the state of New York is pretty rural. Sure. And uh, I worked for the local farmer. And my job at the farm was to, I ran the stand. And it was on Seneca Turnpike. And I was, that my job was to sell corn on the side of the road, essentially. He had built the stand and all this stuff. We had corn and tomatoes and a few other things, but corn was the main thing. You peddled corn. Yeah, I was a corn peddler, and it was 12 years for a dollar. And and I'll tell you, the funniest thing was every time the farmer came by, he'd walk over and, there, you know, people were there and they'd have their 12 years of corn and I'd get a dollar and he'd start yelling at me as he's stuffing two or three more ears of corn in their in their bag and saying, Joey, give him a few extra. And I'm like, well, why don't you just change the sign to 14 for a dollar? I mean, come on, what am I supposed to do? Well, I'll just tell you, it feels like you're giving extra. I get where the farmer's coming from. I just get that logic. They're hey, listen, 12, I was 10. The sign said 12 for a dollar. Uh, yeah, of course, yeah. Well, he, I'm sure he was a fine mentor and a leader for you in your life. Well, he was. He actually, you know what, that was my first lesson in economics, which is like you said. Hey, throw a few extra in there. Make them feel like they really got a great deal. I love that. Right? Can That's we, what we try to do here every exactly single day. That's exactly where I was going to go. Every single day we try to do that for you. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. Mr. Owl. How many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop? A good question. Let's find out. One, two, three, three. Three licks. We're we're approaching the third lick, and then we're going to be getting to the center of that gooey mess. Patriot Radio News Hour, 800 951 
big events happened last night. And and this is why another reason why so many people listen and tune into this show all over the world. Because really, essentially, like I have been telling you, these the fiat money bankers, these private central bankers, they've created this huge problem. You know, printing of money out of thin air. See, our founding fathers realized the lunacy of such a program. This isn't new. You know, one of the things that I think is very, very unfortunate, and, and I don't know where you start. Do you blame the schools? Do you blame the parents? Do you blame the media? Do you blame the government? And the realities are it's probably a little bit of all of them. But it's never worked, not even once, talking about fiat money. There was a reason when our founding fathers wrote the Constitution that they declared that the money will be gold and silver. Because all of the attempts at fiat money that had come before had all failed. And the realities were they knew it would fail again. And every time it failed, the vast majority of the people get decimated. And the few that were able to have the wisdom to see it coming and knew how to protect themselves, they ended up at least financially able to make it to the other side. But while we were asleep, across the pond, three major events occurred. Um, And and I'm going to go out of order, but I'm going to start in England. Okay, now we know that there is a vote coming up in the UK to leave the EU. They're calling it the Brexit And really what it entails is they figured out, kind of like uh, us with the U.N. and NATO, you know, we pay all this money to be a member of these groups, and we get very little out of it. And some would even argue that, let's face it, we get, not only don't we get anything out of it, it's costing us an incredible amount of money. That's the same thing that's happening in the UK. They're like, wait a minute, we're paying all this money to be part of this EU, and the alleged money we're saving on these tariff reductions is less than what we're paying to be part of it. So let's get out of it. And of course, everybody's all worried and And I think you'll see there'll be a big gold pop on that news because it's just another one of the the breaks in 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 the evolution of fiat money where they've essentially globalized the problem. But two things have happened. One was the head of the Bank of England. Well, I should say the former head. And and he is uh, you know like kind of like Alan Greenspan, and his name is Mervyn King. He came out and said, "Here's what he he basically said in in 
echoing what Alan Greenspan, remember, what was it, last week, maybe it was 10 days ago, Alan Greenspan was on, I think they, he got on Fox. CNBC didn't have him on, but he got on Fox to warn everybody. And he's been trying to warn us now for, well, almost since he's left office. But he said that the stagnant global economy, he called it the end of alchemy. Now, those of you that don't know, the back when the world believed the money was gold and silver, the only money that's lasted, and really it's been money since the invention of money. You think about the, I don't even know, the thousands of different fiat-type currencies that have tried to come into existence, and only one has lasted, which is gold. Remember during, I don't know if it was the Dark Ages or, you know, by I should have paid more attention in school when they were talking about this stuff, but they were trying to come up with a way to chemically make gold. And they were the alchemists, right? i got to be honest with you. Just, I'm being educated right now. right? Yes, they were trying to, you know, hey, gold was money. If you had gold, you were powerful. And so the people were out there trying to figure out a way to chemically make gold. In other words, really, try to create the, how do I turn something out of thin air into gold? Right? How do I print money out of thin air? So counterfeiting gold, right? Kind of in that way. That's probably even a better analogy. How like can I... something Doctor Evil. Would do. <laughs> right? How can I create gold? And here he is. He was the head of the Bank of England for a decade, from 2000, and I want to say it was from 03 to 2013. And the funny thing is, is uh, the Prime Minister of England, Gordon Brown, sold all of England's, well, I don't know about all of it, but the most of England's gold, and Eric had told this story countless times, and came out and announced what they were going to do, sold it at the lowest price ever, dropped gold down to about 250 bucks. A few years after that, this guy became the head of the Central Bank of England and did so all the way up until 2013. Now, my question is, did he know that it was alchemy talking about fiat money when he was running the bank? Or is it just recently that he's found this wisdom, but, but he came out and said that the central banks have thrown everything at their economies, and yet the results have been disappointing. Whatever can be said about the world's recovery since the crisis, it's been neither strong, nor sustainable, nor balanced. And he went on to say, if we don't, if we don't quite know what the future holds, this is the former central bank head of the Bank of England, there is little point in getting carried away by the very fancy mathematical calculations of optimal portfolios, right? And when you think about banking, 
right? You, you think about, right, they have all of these complex vehicles that nobody seems to understand, right? And they, and they claim that somehow all of these complex vehicles are going to make everybody safer. But really, all it really does is it really makes everything more risky. Don't rely, he says, on past data to be a good guy. Try to think through what mix of assets gives you the best chance at surviving some big event. What could he be talking about? That must mean including assets that are negatively correlated or uncorrelated in your portfolio. I am very struck by the fact that over many, many, many years, central banks, governments, and individuals have always, despite the protestations of economists, held some gold in their portfolio. Obviously, there is no high running return, talking about interest. And remember why I gave you a new reason why you need to own gold. Right? The new reason for owning gold is it doesn't charge you interest. But when unexpected things happen, particularly when governments rise and fall. Think about what Eric has been telling all of us when he joins us on Friday, talking about revolution is coming. Think about all the anger that's out there. Ron Paul warned about it back in 2010, continues to warn about it today. You think about the presidential election. You you think about how angry people are. Think about what Homer was talking about, the guy in the store flipping out about the cost of hamburgers. Right, yeah, I think to to the sporting events, the club sports that my kids participate in, and how many times I don't think a a weekend goes by where some parent isn't losing it. And you think about the anger and the frustration and, and you start to understand what Mervyn King is talking about. Particularly when governments rise and fall, then gold is a means of payment that everyone is always prepared to accept. You now you think about whether it be Zimbabwe, how about Venezuela, right? No one talks about that. People, I think, what is it, three-quarters of the population now is in poverty there. they they got to pick through the trash to eat. Nobody will take any of their currency there. And you think about saying that the only thing that people are always prepared to accept being gold. Think about what happened in Greece. Right when they wouldn't let people take money out of the ATM. When you couldn't use your debit cards. You know what happened almost instantaneously? 
black markets popped up. Anybody who had gold, you could get anything. And if you needed food, if you needed uh, a water heater, an air conditioner, you could get it. You could get it. I think that's why even central banks have always had a role in their portfolios for gold. And, of course, how many times have I said right here on this show, be your own central bank. Be your own central bank and make sure your fiat money has some insurance on it. You think about all the central banks that are magically buying gold all of a sudden. And... and and now you hear the former head of the Central Bank of England essentially just telling everybody, anybody that would listen to what he had to say, you better have gold in your portfolio. And I'm not talking about some flash crash. right? I'm not talking about some Wall Street decline. I'm talking about government going under. Right? You think about Puerto Rico. You think about what's happening in Illinois. You think about uh, Atlantic City, and they're starting to pop up all over the place. On the heels of that, the Royal Mint is now set to offer savers a chance to own gold bars within their port or within their pension funds. For the very first time, in their vaults in South Wales, guarded by the Ministry of Defense, they said that the Royal Mint is now going to open up pensioners to be able to store gold at the bank for the very first time. Hmm. We want you to buy stocks and bonds, but you know what? We're going to let you buy gold all of a sudden just because you don't need it. Patriot Radio News Hour. Welcome back. Gold's up another 16 dollars $1,261. Silver up $0.65. Cents. Silver's like that crazy brother. Just never know what it's going to do. He's up $0.65. Cents. Over $17 to the ounce. And the biggest announcements, really, I've saved the best for last. So think about this. The former head of the Bank of England doesn't Alan Greenspan. Hey, you better get ready. And actually, he went a step further. Hey, I'm talking about governments failing here. The alchemy of fiat money is coming to an end. At the very same time, the UK will now allow you to buy gold from your pension, kind of like a 401k, or uh, for those of in America that still have a pension, imagine being in, how many people, I don't even know how many phone calls we get from people who have a 401k and they're still with the company. And they want to use that money to buy gold, and they just can't. Can't do it. The only way to do it is to either quit your job, 
and then you could roll that over into an IRA, or you can actually uh, take take the money, pay the taxes, the penalties if they apply. But if uh, outside, in lieu of quitting your job, there's nothing you can really do. Right? All you can do is check one of the little pie charts. Check a little box. I want it in the aggressive fund or the super aggressive fund or the, you know, the gold fund, which is really nothing more than a bunch of miners. And all of a sudden, for the first time, I guess in history, in England now, you can take your pensions and buy gold. Of course, you got to pay the value-added tax and a 1% fee a year. I wonder if that fee will get more if, if England goes negative with everybody else. But here was the news of the day. This is the reason why gold started to rally. For the last week, I've been telling you something. something's not right. There's, there's a reason why these central bankers here, they're not that dumb. I, I refuse to believe that our federal banks, the heads of our banks, are, are honestly talking about raising rates because they think our economy is good. I don't believe it. And I've been speculating that there's something happening in Japan and we just don't know about it. Today may be the day we found out. Ever since the launch of Japan's quantitative easing, and the worsening aftermath of the January shocking negative interest rates, Japan's bond market, which moments ago slid to new record low yields across the curve, has had its share of near-death experiences. Between repeated uh, what we'll call... uh, shocks right well you know whether it be a fat finger or what do they call it uh the the little mini crashes that they have now today's in which not a single bond was traded what days were not a single bond was traded trillions of dollars in bonds at negative yields. It has seemed that the Japanese government bond market is on life support, and the support may be ending. Now all of a sudden things are starting to make sense, isn't it? Because, you know, the, the, the reason, if, if our dollar got stronger, the logic is the Japanese dollar gets weaker. And for me, that was the only reason I could possibly think of as to why our central bankers were trying to force these rate hikes on that we know we probably can't handle. Something much bigger is getting ready to happen. Now the former central banker of England comes out and says, hey, get ready for governments to fail. You better have some gold. According to Nikkei, Confirmed by Bloomberg, Japan's largest bank, the Bank of Tokyo Mitsubishi, is preparing to quit its role 
as the primary dealer of Japanese government bonds as negative interest rates turn the instruments into much larger risk. The fallout of massive monetary easing measures by the Bank of Japan with the role of primary dealers comes some solid perks, such as getting able to meet with the finance ministry over bond issuances and generally being pretty privy to inside information. Isn't that nice to know? It's interesting to know. I think one of the things that's really, their bank is called Tokyo Mitsubishi. Yes, Bank of Tokyo Mitsubishi. I don't know why that rings funny with me. <laughs> you just probably think of the car. Of course. Right, of course. Or the television. But here's what's happening. The reason why they're willing to give up. Think about what the, the largest bank in Japan just did. Hey, we can't be a primary dealer anymore. I know that means you're not going to call us into the meeting. I know that means you're not going to give us insider information about what's going to come next. Why would you give that up? That's the question, right? Why would they give that up? I'm going to tell you why. Primary dealers are required to bid on at least 4% of all Bank of Japan issuances. And the Bank of uh, Tokyo Mitsubishi says, Uh, uh, you know what? Yeah, we don't want to buy any of them. So uh, I guess we're going to have to take our ball and go home. Nikkei report, the reports has become an increasingly heavy burden for the bank having to buy the issuance from the central bank. To put it bluntly, Japan had 22 banks that were primary dealers. Several foreign brokerages have pulled out as part of, well, let's face it, not having to buy these banks. But the Bank of Tokyo Mitsubishi comes the first Japanese institution to quit. And people are now speculating that more is to follow. Are we watching? Is this possibly another sign that Japan is getting ready to go under? Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. Hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Let's let's really learn what's happened since Japan has gone to negative interest rates. Remember that was going to be the fix. That was going to get them to the inflation. Right. This is what they keep telling us. We got to have. We don't need real economic growth. We just need inflation. You think it's by accident at the same time that this little stunt isn't working, that all of a sudden crude oil prices doubled? Did you see crude today over 51 bucks, almost 52? Coincidence? I mean, think about it. So the, the move that was supposed to save Japan's economy is now getting set to kill 
the Japanese bond market. I'm going to say this. The Japanese bond market, it's a little bigger than Lehman Brothers. <laughs> Just a little bit bigger than Lehman Brothers. How about a whole lot bigger? It says that Japan's three mega banks. Isn't it nice to know that they've got mega banks like we've got mega banks? You know, the too big to fail mega banks. They have halved their Japanese bond holdings by 50% just through March. They get little benefit from building up their positions on negative yield bonds. They don't get any benefit. Meanwhile, the Bank of Japan now continues to crowd out the entire market. They say now that the Bank of Japan, outside of the 4% that the primary dealers that are left must buy, that they are buying every single bond issuance, 80 trillion yen a year in monetizing of the Japanese debt. If you expect an immediate turmoil from the Bank of Tokyo Mitsubishi ceasing as a primary dealer, but a drop in private sector interest could undercut the market's medium to long-term survival. Analysts with, uh, well, are slow to pick up on the news. Is that surprising? This is why you listen here. This is what we've been talking about. This is part of the stuff that, you know what, well, they're sitting there trying to tell you, look over here. Hey, look over here. We're going to talk about raising rates. Look over here. There's jobs everywhere. The unemployment rate's only 4.7%. Pay no attention to that. We don't count 95 million people. And then we find out what's really happening. What's really happening is is the United States is trying to save what's left of the fiat money. Really, what are they saving it for? I've been saying for a while now, cash is going to be no more. The Federal Reserve note will not exist. I'm up in the time. I don't think it'll exist in ten years. I really don't. It may not even be, it may not make it to 2020. But there is some news about what is going to come next. And and I'm going to, I'm going to steal a phrase. I, I saw it today, and I'm going to steal the phrase of what is going to come next. Give me a second here. I just had it. It's a wonderful Fed coin. Could that be? what replaces the Federal Reserve. Not Bitcoin, but FedCoin. Is that going to be the name of the new electronic currency? Just think about this. Think about massive defaults all over the globe. If the Bank of Japan goes under, right, that means all the central banks go under. 
Think about the reset that's going to happen. What will follow? Think about Dodd-Frank. There was a great article in the op-ed of the Wall Street Journal. And this guy, was his name was Alan Blinder. That's a great name, because he's blind. But he, he wrote in, in plain English, talking about Dodd-Frank, that the 2009 Treasury proposal sought to give the FDIC two options for dealing with sick financial giants. Liquidation, i.e. a slow death, or resolution, keeping it alive on life support. But Congress, in no mood to authorize future bank bailouts, rejected the second option. Thus, Title II of Dodd-Frank was created. This is what they call the Orderly Liquidation Authority. Orderly Liquidation Authority. Not Resolution Authority. Yet some banks may still be too big to fail, but here's what it means. Title II explicitly says taxpayers shall bear no losses from the exercise of any authority under this title. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? I'm going to tell you what that means for the people that have money in that bank. Next, Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back. All of this stuff going on, just want you all to be aware, and I'm going to talk more about this tomorrow. But this weekend, representatives from central banks in 90 countries were in Washington, D.C. You know why they were there? They're having a little get-together for the finance in flux, the technological transformation of the financial sector which really simply meant, hey, we're, we're coming up with a way to go to electronic currency. On a, and tomorrow's show, we're going to go in-depth on it. But I wanted to mention that in relationship to Dodd-Frank, in relationship to the groundwork that these people already knew. They knew back then. They knew at the financial crisis it was already over, and they were just laying the groundwork. And they made sure The government's not going to bail out the bank. Instead, it's going to be the, and I'm going to read here, this is Title II, shall be the responsibility of the financial sector through assessment, which means the shareholders get liquidated. And if you know anything about banking law, when you deposit your money into the bank, you become an unsecured creditor of the bank. You no longer own the money. And simply put, 
they're going to take enough of the deposit to what? Cover the losses, whatever that may be. FDIC insurance, not going to work. Only got $20 billion. That's the problem with too big to fail. Right? The answer is very simple. If something's too big, how do you fix it? Make it bigger? I don't know. You make How'd it you... smaller, right? <laughs> if it's too big, make it a... because Because they keep making it bigger. They Oh, we can fix it. We're going to make it bigger. That's we actually, can, make, we can right. make it bigger. That's actually what they've done. They they do the opposite up there. When you ask the question, I'm like, they think make it bigger. Make it bigger. That's exactly... Uh, what they think. Quick look at before we head out of here today. Uh, gold's up another sixteen bucks, twelve hundred and sixty dollars and change. Silver up over sixty three cents this morning, up over seventeen dollars. Uh, Wall Street's not doing anything, just kind of hanging around. I think Dow's up about twenty. S and P's up too. Nasdaq is pretty much unchanged. Today's special U.S. $20 gold pieces, $1,451 through 9 You buy 10 or more, $1,435 at $800-951-0592. That is our toll-free number. If you've never done business with us, it's so simple. Just call up and tell Wendy you want the special. She's going to ask you how many you want, and you just tell her, I want 1, 5, 10, 20, whatever the number may be. She's going to give you a total. You send us the check. We ship the product to you, registered, insured, U.S. mail. It's that simple. 800 Tomorrow, big show about Fed coins.